Amen. That was great. Well, I have the honor of uh, introducing our speaker uh, for you today. Today, uh, Paul Wilson, Brother Paul Wilson, is going to be bringing the message. Um, if you don't uh, know Paul, he's been around uh, these parts for quite a long time, been a part of the church since the uh, 80s, and has been in the Philippines as a missionary with Vision for Missions for many, many years. And um, we have had a partnership with him as a Living Link missionary over in the Philippines for many years. And, and uh, he and Mary are spending a little more time in the United States now than in the Philippines, but still running that ministry um, running it really well, and you're going to get to hear some stories about the impact in the Philippines as part of the message today. So let's give a warm Oakwood welcome to Paul Wilson. Good morning, Oakwood. I am excited to be here today on this Sunday. But it's kind of interesting when they wanted something real old, they asked me to preach. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure if that was a compliment or not. Uh, so uh, change, things have changed. Uh, you know, we used to often have uh, coats and ties. And, uh, you know, you notice several of us around on Throwback Sunday. And you notice the lights are on. Uh, you know, now we worship in a service that is dark and there's no lights on. But today, we have the lights on and it, it is bright. Throwback old-fashioned Sunday is what we are today. Things have changed. Things have really changed. And one of the things we want to talk about is that words have changed. And from in the Bible, some words that was used very often, in fact, uh, this word that we're going to talk about this morning was used in the Bible 261 times. But the word we always hear about today is only used three times. And so we want to talk about something about, let's get back to the Bible. And we want to look at what the Bible had to say on that. Let's look at the word disciple. Disciple is something that was used. A disciple is a pupil or follower of any teacher or school. The idea of, I am a disciple. And the other idea is an apprentice. A, a person, it may be a master electrician. But if you want to be a learner from that master electrician, you become an apprentice, a follower of him. And you learn from him in that idea. Uh, uh, the idea that we are... Uh, the idea of disciple there, of a disciple from the Latin disciplus, which at its root means learner or apprentice. Webster's definition of a disciple is a pupil or follower of any teaching or school. A true disciple is not just a student or learner, but a follower who applies what he learned. Thus, a true disciple will ask, what would Jesus do? The idea of a disciple, 261 times in the Bible, people like you were called disciples. Only three times was the word Christian used. We like to word, use the word Christian, don't we? But a Christian, let's look at the definition of a Christian. A Christian is a person who have received Christian baptism or a believer in Christianity. You see the difference? Uh, the idea of our society has changed the idea, oh, be a Christian, be baptized. And, and 
then you are a Christian. But God didn't call you just to be baptized. God called you to something more. God called you to be a disciple, to be a learner, to be an apprentice, to become like Jesus Christ. And oh, there's a big difference. In fact, the word Christian, the first two times it's used in the Bible, it was other people talking about Christians and the idea they were Christ-like. And so we get the idea of Christian. But God calls us to disciples. God calls us to to be discipleship, and we want to talk about that a little bit this morning. With the idea that when we become a Christian is when we're baptized, but is so much more. When we become a Christian, I become and declare myself as a follower. This is the beginning step, but we are to be walking in Christ for more. The idea of when I am saved is the idea often that Jesus is my Savior, and, and we're going to talk about that, God's part. I cannot save myself, but we also, Jesus, not just our Savior, Jesus is our Lord. And the idea, when we often hear the good confession, I believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God, and I take Him as my Lord and Savior. The idea of Lord is He is my master. He is my boss. He is the one that I will follow in my life. And that is the idea of discipleship. It's not just something that happened in the past, but discipleship is an ongoing relationship and a decision that you make. Look at the person next to you. That person is a disciple. Not just a Christian, but they are a disciple, a follower, one who is imitating to become like Jesus Christ. Oh, I tell you, uh, Dr. Terry Bolin wrote this quote, and I want to put it up here. Many in the church seem to believe that the task of evangelism is over when an individual is tiling off after their baptism. Nothing can be further from the truth. Our job of making disciples is just beginning when a person comes to Christ. Dr. Terry Bolin in his book, Making Disciples. And I think that is what we want to encourage you to today. I want to encourage you that you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you are learning, you are growing in Him. Eric has been often teaching the idea of deny yourself and, and the idea you become a servant. And these are hard for us to do because we want, don't, don't want to do that. But we know, we, yes, we deny ourselves, but also we are responsible. We are not just a servant in the idea of don't do anything, but we are responsible to in our walk for Christ and our Him. In fact, the Christian faith we talked about, the disciple has three parts, and we want to talk about this morning. Disciple has three parts. Our first part is God's part. God's part of working in our life. And this is the idea that God, we are saved by grace through faith. It is not of yourself. It is a gift of God. I am saved by the grace of God. Amen? Amen. God has saved us. And there is nothing I can do. I cannot earn it. I cannot be good enough. Nothing I can do. That's God's part of our salvation. And then not only does God save us 
after we accept him, God says, I'm going to come live inside of you. God's part is the Holy Spirit in our life. He walks with us. He teaches us. He gets us. He convicts us. He is in our heart. And it talks about when we're baptized, we receive God's gift. You don't deserve it. It's a gift of God. God puts his spirit to live inside of you. And the third area of God's part we talked about, and I think it is always so important to remember, God is not just the one of salvation. God is the one of the Bible. God's word is the inspired word of God. Amen? We are to follow this. We are to nourish on it. We are to value it. It's God's word. It's God's part of our salvation. And if you think you can be a Christian and just be baptized, but you don't want to study God's word, you're going to fall. You're not going to be nourished. You're going to die. You're going to become weak because God's word was given for nourishment. The Bible talks about that we are a babe in Christ, but we grow on the spiritual truth of God. We need to be nourished. And so God's part of salvation. He saves us. He puts his Holy Spirit. He gives us the Holy Word of God. God's part. But another part of salvation that often we don't talk about. There's some part. Not we're, we are saved, but I'm talking about our, our life as a disciple. You are responsible for your own health. A little baby has to eat. It has to be willing to, be, to, to grow and to be nourished in its life. And you have responsibility. You just cannot say, okay, I'm going to be a strong Christian. I was baptized. That's it. You have to be willing to grow. The Bible talks about study to show thyself approved unto God. It talks about hiding the word of God in your heart. We have a responsible. And I want to say, don't blame others for your lack of growth. Be responsible for your faith. Put yourself in an environment where you can grow and you can learn. God does his part, but you have a part to do. Oh, I want to encourage you. To do your part for God and, and your growth of your faith. Surrender to Him. Serve Him in ministry. Read your Bible. Be a person of prayer. These are all things that we do. Desire to grow. You know, I took Greek class in college. And I got terrible grades. And, and you know, I spent time and time in trying to learn. And... I did, I did horrible. And if, if I could have just put that Greek book under my pillow and had osmosis, and I would just learn Greek, it had been great. But I had to put forth effort. I had to learn. I had to memorize. I had to study. Well, I tell you, you're not going to become a Christian just because you have a Bible. It may be on your phone. It may be on your computer. Computer. It may be on your desk. And there's a, a Bible in the front of you. But you're only going to grow if you're responsible for your own growth. And you make a habit of learning and studying in the Word of God. Third part of being a disciple is others. Others. We are to be joined and encourage one another. You need help. Who brought you to church? Somebody else. Who baptized you? 
somebody else. Who taught you? We are responsible, not just for our own faith, but we are responsible to one another. We are, are in a church, and God placed us in a church to nourish us. Be and oh, another person that reaches out and make disciples. We are to encourage one another. The, the words of God, 100 times in Scripture, we have the idea of one another. 16 times we're told to love one another. Don't just love yourself. Love others. Care about them. Minister unto them. We read the idea that we are to live with one another, admonish one another, care for one another, serve one another, bear one's another's burdens. Confess your faults one to another. If you're a Christian, you're not a lone ranger. Have you ever heard of the old ancient day, a movie called Lone Ranger? There was this guy out by himself, the Lone Ranger. But I want to ask you a question. Do you ever hear of Tonto? His helper. He didn't do it by himself. He had Tonto help him. And you will not live your faith by yourself in a vacuum. You need others to encourage and help you. I tell you, with COVID and all, we have had a lot of people say, well, I will just worship online or I'll just worship at home. And we have pulled back from the meeting together and being a part of the body of Christ. Now, if you're listening online, I don't want to discourage you. Some of you, for health reasons, are not assembling together with the body of Christ. But I want to encourage you to be faithful to the Lord because you need one another to encourage you and to help you in your life, in the life of Christ. Jesus Christ is both our Lord and our Savior, and He wants us to grow and be involved in Him. And that involvement means our responsibility. God does His part. We have to do our own part. But we are a part of the body of Christ. We are part of the kingdom of God. I want to look at us briefly. The idea of Peter. Peter uh, is so important. He was the, the main spokesman of the apostle. But Peter, first of all, was brought to Jesus by somebody. Jesus... As we read in John, we want to turn over here to John. The next day, John chapter 1, was there again with two of his disciples. We're not talking about Jesus, we're talking about John. And John had disciples, people who follow him. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Lord, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say it, say this, they followed Jesus. They left following being a disciple of John, and they become a follower of Jesus Christ. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them and asked, what do you want? And they says, Rabbi, or which uh, means teacher, where are you staying? He says, come, he replied, and you will see. And they mentioned, so they went where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. 
Jesus looked at him and said, You're Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means translated is Peter. They were following, these people were following John. But then John says, there's Jesus. And those, so these two followed, and one of them was Andrew. And the first thing Andrew did was to find somebody else and bring them in to meet Jesus. And I tell you, there's no important thing you can do is look around where you go to school or whether you're at your job and say, I want you to come and meet my friend, Jesus, and he will be Lord and guide of your life. Peter came to Jesus, and immediately Jesus, when meeting him, says, Peter, I'm going to change your name. <laughs> your name before was Simon, but I'm even going to change you so much that you're even going to have a new name. And God changes us. Now we read Peter, second time he came to Jesus. The second time we read in Matthew, the third chapter, verses 18. We want to look at this briefly. Jesus as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his an brother Andrew. They were casting their net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Peter had known Jesus Earlier, we read from John, this is probably for several months. But he still did his business. He still did his life. But there came a time when Jesus came and gave him a personal invitation. And he said three things. Come, and I will make you fishers of men. Come is the idea. Jesus, he had to accept Jesus as Lord. He had to leave what was behind. He had to change his life. He said, Jesus, I will follow you. And Jesus still says to you here at Oakwood today, come, let me be Lord of your life. Let me be the master of you, the boss of your life. The second thing he said to Peter, I will make you. The idea of make is creation, change. God doesn't leave us over like he found us. God changes us. God molds us. God makes us new. He renews us. We become in his likeness. Paul, Peter was changed by God. The old man Simon became the man Peter. The loud mouth became the person who then used that to preach the gospel for the Lord of Jesus Christ. The foot in the mouth, he denied Jesus Christ. But yet he became the one to first write the, say the confession of Jesus Christ. He was impetuous. Oh, he would just go out and do things without thinking. But God changed that impetuousness to boldness, and he stood up and preached the gospel. He was weak. He went to sleep. Jesus said, hey, will you come and pray with me? He knew he was going to the cross. What did Peter do? Some of y'all want to do that today in my sermon. I understand that. I'll try to hurry on. But we all have weaknesses. But God wants to change us. And God wants us to become used of Him in a mighty way. God changes us. God wants us to grow. God makes us different in our life. God wants us to be excited and we should be excited like Peter was. And Peter became excited about his relationship with Jesus Christ. 
when he first heard that Jesus was alive, it says he ran to the tomb to check if it's empty, and then he went inside. He was committed. He was committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so first he came to Jesus, and then he was commanded by Jesus. I mean, he was uh, asked to come and follow him. He was changed. Let me ask you. Are you letting God change your life? Are you willing to be changed to become what Jesus wants you to be? In fact, it talks about in Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's workmen, workmanship. Some versions puts the idea we are God's handicraft to do good's work. God molds us, changes us, gets rid of the things. God changes our life to make us new. Talks about that we're renewed in our mind. Our mind becomes different. We are become, it talks about in Romans 8, into the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3 says, Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are the earth. If you have died and your life is hidden in Christ, when Christ is your life is revealed, then you also will be revealed by His glory. Put to death. Get rid of. Put to death, therefore, what is in your earthly sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, greed, which are the ways that you once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've stripped off the old with its practice. And having clothed yourself with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of His Creator. We are to be changed by God. We are to grow. We're to become different. You know, when Peter followed Jesus, he didn't once a week have a lecture and take notes with Jesus. (laughs) He left. He followed daily, daily working. Christianity isn't Sunday morning once a week. We're to feed ourselves daily. We are to grow. What would, what would happen to this little baby that's over here if this baby only ate, ate once a week? <laughs> Boy, it'd be crying a lot of times, and it would not be healthy. Oh, babies need to eat to grow, and we also need to grow. Growth is expected for us. We need to be changed. We need to grow and become what we can be in the person of Jesus Christ. I have an illustration here of a couple churches, two churches. This church here, the roof's falling in, there's holes in the wall, there's vines growing up. It's a dead church. It died. Why did that church die? It's an issue in the Philippines because they only met on Sunday morning. There was no discipleship. There was no small groups. There was nothing like that. The preacher would come in on a motorcycle. He'd preach for an hour, and then he'd get on his motorcycle and leave. There was no discipleship, and the church died. Let me show you another picture. This is the church at Tayasa. This church, wow. This is just, they have two worship services also. They have about 40 or 50 youth in another area. This church is growing. And I talked to that pastor this week, and he says, 21 people every week I disciple, and I train, and I will float, talk to them about what it means to be in Jesus Christ. The church that is Sunday morning only is going to die. 
But the church, when you become involved in other parts of the church, then you plug into growth. And you learn and you grow. And so we want to encourage you to not just be a Sunday morning person, but to grow and be changed by the Lord Jesus Christ. I have yet to see a strong person, Christian, happen. Person to ever be a strong Christian with Sunday morning attendance. I've yet to see that. But I have seen some lives change when people get in the Word of God and get in small groups and get involved with one another. God will cause you to grow. And so I want to encourage you in your walk with Christ and what is happening there. Paul, Peter, was called. He came to God, but then God commissioned him. He was with Jesus for two years. And he, Jesus, they were disciples. And if this word is used in the Gospels many times, they followed, they lived, they walked. And then Jesus was getting ready to leave. And, and he said, as you've been my disciples, I want you to make disciples yourself. And this is found in the Great Commission. And the Great Commission we read in Matthew, the 28th chapter. I don't know if we have it. Then the eleven went to Galilee to the mountains where Jesus had told them. What? They listened to Jesus. Jesus said, go somewhere. And they went. They were disciples. They obeyed him. They went to the mountain where Jesus had told them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Not only do you follow Jesus, you worship him. They come with Jesus, they, they worship, they praise God. And that's what a disciple does. We obey him and we worship him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority is given me on heaven and earth. In other words, he's saying, I'm the boss. I'm the ruler. I'm in charge. And here's what I want you to do. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and I will be with you. Go and make what? Peter and John and them had been trained for two years. Jesus is going to leave. And he says, my plan for the church is for people to make and help other people to become disciples. And they, they were to make disciples. Disciples. Making disciples involves more than just being baptized. He says, go and make disciples. Baptize them. Yes, that's part of it. But teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. There's a learning process of being a disciple. And Jesus told them. They worshipped him. They came. They followed him. They baptized. They were told to go and baptize. And, and then teach them everything. And then he said something that's very encouraging. I'm going to be with you. You're not going to be by yourself in your Christian faith. I'm going to be with you. And that is the word. We are not alone. We have a helper called the Holy Spirit to guide and to help us in our faith. Oh, I tell you, we have been called by God to come. And follow him. We have the commission by God to go and make disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. How can I be a disciple? We want to talk about that just briefly here. I've, this is kind of a summary. But we want to talk about how can I be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Personal discipleship. Personal discipleship is what we want to talk about. You cannot be a disciple just because you were baptized and then you quit. 
You become a disciple when you take responsibility for your own life. Take responsibility to grow. Put your, take responsibility to worship together and meet together to encourage one another. Don't think you're going to become a Christian just because you accepted the Lord and were baptized. You have responsibility to study and to grow and be a part of the body of Christ. Personal accountability is important for each of us. Feed yourself. Don't starve. In fact, it talks about desire the spiritual word of God. It talks about us being infants in Christ and where we're supposed to talk. The early church, they met daily in the temple. They met daily in worship. And they met daily house to house. Oh, the Christian life isn't just once a week, but daily we are to have a time with God and worship. I encourage you to be responsible for your faith. To say, I will do what I can to become strong, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Oh, that we would take responsibility upon ourselves. But the second part of discipleship is we need others. Small groups. I tell you, our church has what, one-on-one? Is that what it's called? One-on-one classes. We have membership classes. We have discipleship. I think last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had about 300 people involved on Wednesday night. You need something besides corporate worship. Corporate worship is part of discipleship we're going to talk about. But you need to plug in. Don't just come and sit with a large crowd. Be involved in your discipleship. Find a place to plug in. Find a place to grow, to be nurtured. Find a place for ministry. We're to serve one another. Oh, there, there is so many activities that needs help in the and they, we grow as we serve and we're involved. Find a small group to be involved in. And, then, and that is important for us. Small group. And we're to be involved. Because in small group, there's two things that happen. You're taught and you watch. You meet people in there and you watch their lives, right? And you say, well... Well, that person I can learn from, I can grow from. And so we learn just not from the teaching. We learn as we watch people in life. Edgar Gast wrote this and said, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell me the way. The eyes of better pupil and more willing than the ear find counsel is confusing, but examples always clear. And the best of all the preachers are the men who live their creeds. For to see good put into action is what everyone needs. Amen. And I soon, can t I soon can learn to do if you'll let me see it done. I can watch your hand in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lecture you delivered may be wise and true, but I'd rather get my lessons by observing what you do. Or I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's more misunderstanding how you act and how you live. Small groups, you get acquainted with people. You learn from one another, and you learn from their mistakes, and they pray, and you encourage one another. And so faith, you don't really have an example when there's 500 in here, but when you're in a group of six or seven people and you start praying and working with one another, small groups in support. Part of the other part of discipleship is our worship. And we come together to worship. And we read in the books of Acts. They worship together in the temple. And they came together. And they worship. And they praise God. And they give their gifts. And they help people. 
Oh, corporate worship is important. But don't think this is the end. That's just part of your discipleship. In Hebrews 10.25, it says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together after manners of some are. It's so easy for us to say, Well, I don't need the church. I'll just stay at home and worship. Oh, you need the church. Because in church, we get to praise and worship and learn. And you learn from Eric's sermon and the corporate teaching, but we need to be involved more than just on Sunday morning. We need to be involved in small groups in different areas of our life. Another area of the, that we learn is one-on-one. Peter always had Timothy, and Timothy and their Silas, and I tell you, this, this, is, this is something that's going to be hard for you. But do you have anyone in your life that would say, and you can openly and honestly say, pray for me, uh, or I'm struggling with this. Do you have anyone that you're accountable to? One-on-one discipleship. Maybe there might be two in the group, but you meet together, and they, they will, can tell you, well, you've got an attitude problem. Or if you have a marriage problem, they, they can help you in your marriage. We need one another on an intimate, personal level. I was involved with a man called Jim Moat in, in Rogers, Arkansas. We met every week, and we shared and talked to each other. And, and I have a person that I've uh, meeting with here. But I encourage you. Yes, there's corporate worship, and there's small groups, but you need just somebody that's a, your friend in Christ. You can learn and grow from And I encourage you to get an accountability partner, and you will grow. It talks about that in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. And I encourage some of you to be bold and find someone to guide you in your faith. Are you growing in Christ? Eric, uh, uh, Corey talked about we've been planted with Christ. And sometimes things become rocky. Sometimes we become like this plant. But God wants us to be producing and growing and alive. How is your faith? How are you growing? How are you in the area of discipleship? 1 Corinthians 3 says, it says, I planted and Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. God wants us to increase and become a part of Him. God gives us growth. And I want to encourage you, Ephesians 4, that you no longer be infants like a child, tossed back and forth by ways and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and made a cunning craftiness in their deviteful schemes. How is your faith? How are you? I'm not talking about did you become a Christian. I'm thinking, how is your discipleship? Are you following Him? Has Jesus, is He the Lord of your life. Are you producing? I have a, 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 a slide here. We'll tell you about a lady named Devana. Devana is a young single girl, and Devana was asked to teach children's church, and she says, well, I'd, I was there, and I felt like I was babysitting. And some of y'all understand, former youth sponsors and all, but she said, I'm going to start making disciples. And she started discipling the 10, 11, 12 years old and the 13-year-old. And now she is using those young people disciples. And this young lady is leading seven house churches now. Seven house churches. And besides that, she had vacation Bible school. You know, we have staff and hundreds and all this stuff. 
This lady had vacation Bible school. She's not paid by the church at all. She's just a single little girl. And in vacation Bible school this summer, they had 11 locations, over 500 kids in vacation Bible school. Wow, what a disciple. Let me tell you the other part of the story to her. You know, remember Paul Harvey, you say in the rest of the story? She was raised, and her dad was a preacher. In fact, the most important preacher we had in that area. But she, a man took advantage of her, and she had a child. She was an unwed mother with no education. The Oakwood Church helped pay her to go to college, and she got her degree through our help. But this, God took this person who was an unwed a mother who had been through all of these difficulties, and now she is reaching more kids for Christ than any pastor I know on the island of Negros. She's unpaid, but she's a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. She's discipling others. Every week she leads three different groups of discipleship and training the young kids. And she said the idea, when I go into a church and, I, and they have a Christian family, I feel like when they're baptized, I'm 50% responsible for their faith. But if they become a Christian and their parents aren't Christian, I'm 100% responsible for them to grow in Christ. And you know, when, when, we're, when we bring someone to Christ, it's not just when they're baptized our task is over. We're to teach and encourage and help them in many ways we can. Devana was used for God in a mighty way. And I want to ask you, You've become a Christian in the past, but are you a disciple? Are you growing? Are you, are you a vibrant alive? Or are you kind of like this plant here? Have you kind of wilted and kind of got disease, temptation on your life? I, I was always, always done an object lesson here, and, and I, I have a couple things to kind of edit. But, you know, each of you have a life. How's your life? How are you looking spiritually? Are you growing in Christ? Are you fertile, being fertilized? Are you being fed? Or is there growth happening in you? Are you kind of like this plant here? Kind of dying. Covered with disease. And habits that you know you don't have. How is your life in Christ? Or are you like this? Are you a disciple? And you're producing, and you're serving, and you're in small groups, and you're alive for the Lord Jesus Christ. Where are you at in your faith? Wherever you are, we need to grow and step a little higher. You know, some of us need, you know, you know what this is? Miracle grow. You know, we need some miracle grow. And you know what? I got some, and I put it in front of each of you in the church. If you look in the back of that pew in front of you, there's some miracle grow. What is it there? There's a little black Bible. There's a little black Bible. And if you get into the Word of God, things will change in your life. You will get rid of those bad things, and, and you will grow, and you will be nourished. And miracles will happen when we go to the Holy Word of God and say, God, change me, use me. And some of you need a miracle to happen in your life again. 
You've accepted the Lord, but you've become weak, and you're not studying, you're not involved except maybe at worship, and you need to become plugged in and growing and having a relationship and discipleship in your life. You need some miracles to happen. And it's, it's not just on your phone. It has to get in your heart. And you have to read and study the Word of God. Sometimes we have temptations, that disease that kind of has happened on here. We have bugs and we have mites. And you know, we need something to change your life. We need something to kill those bad habits. We need to get rid of the disease of, of maybe it's pornography or maybe it's our bad language or, or maybe it's overspending of what God has given us. We need to, to sprinkle ourselves with the Word of God and get rid of those things that, that we've let keep us from being this. You need a miracle in your life. You need to change. And you know, this is something that that we have to be responsible for individually. You have been planted with Christ if you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you, are you growing? Or are you need to time and say, I, I need to, to, to change? And then are you producing with Christ? As we sing our invitation song, I have decided to follow Jesus. I want to ask you, have you decided to follow Him? Have you decided to follow him at all costs? Have you made a decision? I will follow him. I will be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't just think the idea I'm going to become a Christian, but are you a disciple? Years ago, as I close, there was a man who was following Jesus Christ. He was arrested for his faith, and they gave him an option. You can live by denying Jesus Christ or you're going to be killed. And this man was killed the next day. They went through his personal belongings and in there they found a piece of paper and he wrote these words of his commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that you have this kind of commitment to the Lord. I am a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision is made. I am a disciple of His. I won't look back, let up, slow up, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame vision, worldly talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. <laughs> I no longer need permanence. Prosperity, position, positions, platitude, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by his patience, and I'm uplifted by labor, by prayer, and labor by love. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven. 
My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions few. My guide is reliable. And my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, deterred, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversaries, negotiate at the table of the enemy. I won't give up, shut up, let up until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, they have no, recon they have no trouble recognizing me. My banner will be clear. Is that your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you made a commitment to be a disciple of His? Have you made a disciple not just to accept Him, but are you saying, here's my life, Lord, use it for your glory. Be filled with the desire to be like Jesus. Be involved in ministry. Oh, I tell you today, as we sing the invitation song, if, if you've not accepted Jesus, I encourage you to accept Him and come unto Him. If you're here today and you're, you're not involved in anything but Sunday morning, I would challenge you, get involved so that you will grow. Maybe you're discouraged and weak and diseased and you need some miracle grow. You need to forget. You need to repent and you need to confess. You know, in the old-fashioned church in the old days, they had an invitation hymn. It was a time for people when they come forward and they would sometimes come and they say, will you pray for me? And sometimes the front pew of the church was an altar as people would get on their knees and say, God, I can do better. I can do better. I don't know what your decision is today. Is your decision to initially follow him? Maybe it's the decision you need to recommit your life to him and say, I've lost the first love that I had of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, restore me. I don't know what your decision is today. But as we sing the invitation song, and as we stand and sing, I encourage you, if you need to make a decision, our elders will be here, our minister will be here. If you need to make a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ, make it today and be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ.